0: That's how it starts, the fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness
1: that turns, good men, cruel. Welcome, I'm Andrew Dice. I'm Stephen Colbert. And I'm Richard Citrone. And this is Batman v Superman by the minute. A podcast rewatching Batman v Superman one minute at a time and discussing it to no end. Typically, it is uh, Steven and myself talking about this movie, but this is the second part of our guest appearance from Stunt Batman himself, Richard Citrone. We had previously heard him go through the process of getting into the character and the physicality of Batman. That was all set up. To what happens in this minute minute 68 which is the nightmare shot the one take fight we're going to get into that shortly but before we do we have some other stuff to take care of so before we do that uh batman go ahead and scream for us follow-up from our previous minutes hot topic the
2: symbol emblazoned on the trucks being used by batman's troops yeah we talked about we researched this at length before the last episode and then we talked about it at length on the episode and this is this is like a thing that has been discussed many times and i've never seen an answer for it i mean there's big reddit threads with people speculating and and then obviously we spent hours just looking at symbols and trying to figure it out and so after we posted our last episode there was some discussion on Twitter and we normally don't have really the live back and forth because we're that's not really what this podcast is supposed to be. It's supposed to be sort of more out of time. But we got a, a, a little more information on this that I'm kind of surprised nobody has, has seen before. But thanks to our, uh, our Twitter follower, Soham is at Butterbar, There's Batman v Superman concept art of this truck that has been out there presumably this whole time and uh and it's got this specific symbol on it and i know <laughs> one of the things we said was because it's like reversed from the it's it's rotated like flipped and, re- and um and reverse from the like nazi swastika one of the things that we had said and possibly outright stated on the show is that the one thing we can say about it it is it is not a nazi swastika yes due to those changes and and while that's still technically true this concept art literally has a line pointing to it and labels it as fascist symbology. So first of all, that's that's what it means. Um, second of all, the what is the actual symbol is it's four Superman crests, a differently stylized, like more straightened, more angular. Well, and it's clearly meant to emulate a swastika-esque look or a um, or a manji look. But yeah, it is actually four separate pieces. And it's the red outline and then the and the black of the of the S. Um and it's kind of like a uh like almost like a Kingdom Come S, except it has the tail on the bottom, which the Kingdom Come S misses that little tail on the on the bottom, and that's what makes it look like there's a, a box or a circle um in the middle. So yeah, so that's that's what that is. And so it appears looking at this truck and this concept art, it's got several things labeled like There's a lead-lined passenger area. Obviously, that would be so that Superman can't see what's going on inside of it. And on the front, it says that there are bullet holes um, that are deliberate and communicate an alliance to the Resistance. There's a specific pattern in the bullet holes there.
1: Yeah, which would imply that this truck is in possession of the Resistance, but this is, for all intents and purposes,
2: an enemy truck. Right, yeah. So... Because I think that's one of the things we even said is that if it's got the label on it, it's it's a it's a truck that they know is a friendly truck. Um, and so, therefore, we were assuming the symbol on it belonged to the Resistance. But it looks like it's actually undercover. And the symbol is in some way related to the Superman Dark Side regime. And there's a secret bullet hole pattern on the front panel that denotes a membership to the Resistance. The Resistance. And I'm not actually sure what if what or if that pattern means anything. We don't need another episode breaking down that pattern. Yeah. So anyway, so that's that answers that question. And I still had a lot of fun with our discussion in the last episode. Um, oh but yeah. We came to the <laughs> conclusion that it we didn't know what it meant, and now this episode we do.
1: What it really means is more complicated and not really explained on film. So what we were suggesting might even be simpler, it, because it like gets the same idea across, but in a in a way that. It's easier to read from a distance. Like the 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 kicker to this for me was when I then went and watched this next minute of this fight sequence. We get a clearer view of this symbol than we ever did in the previous shots, and there it is almost easy to make out that it's a, a four Superman shields, but but it's amid Superman guards attacking. So it's kind of yeah.
2: Well, and it's one of those things also where our brains, especially when it comes to our eyes. There's a, our eyes do a lot or our brains do a lot of work on behalf of our eyes that we don't realize. Um, And so most of what we see, our brain is just kind of assuming what it looks like based on things we've seen before. And so with stuff like this, it's really easy for your brain just to be like, oh yeah, that's a swastika. I know what that looks like. And so in order to like sort of deconstruct it and see it in a new context or a new light, you look at it now and it's like, oh yeah, of course that's what it is. But it's not obvious until you see it. But prior to that, you're trying to fit it into the context of, you know, whatever symbols that are similar that you've seen before. So it's swastika, it's whatever, which obviously it is intended to emulate because it's labeled as fascist symbology. But the Superman crest is the sort of the the true revealing answer of the whole thing.
1: And very cool added lore about like how these resistance trucks are operating under the nose of Superman. Right. And this regime. Well, speaking of uh, your brain... Being tricked or fooled uh by what's on screen, I'm gonna go with it. <laughs> I'll just run through it right now because we're we're gonna talk more into the nitty gritty with with Richard, but the Superman guards begin basically uh ambush executing Batman's forces in a in a way that is very clearly reminiscent of the Naromi shootout. You even have a, a separate shot of someone firing on uh someone in like a a raised tower, yeah. And then Batman realizing that his people have have now been killed, screams no, grabs the gun uh, at his head, kicks a crate, fires from the from the hip. Our, our super cool gunslinger Batman moment.
2: Yeah, done by Affleck, as as Citrone confirmed for us.
1: Yeah, that that begins this entire minute. But the coolest part of it is one that I don't think I don't think anybody would notice watching it. What what begins the one take, which I guess I think is two takes, like, like technically kind of stitched together. It begins in the truck and what's behind the camera. I remember Larry Fong, the cinematographer, shared this, an absolutely bonkers setup that they used to, to make this happen.
2: Yeah, it's insane because this is one of the scenes that was filmed in IMAX and an IMAX camera is loud. Like, it's, well, it's loud and it's also like the size of a mini fridge. If you look at what happens in this scene, you Batman comes in and the tr- and the camera is on the back of the truck Um, and then Batman leaves the truck and the camera follows him. But it's on a it's on a crane because you like Zach is the only person that can carry it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. This is like it's the thing
1: that like we should maybe spell this out like in, in the shots that lead up to this. I think the average person could figure how, yeah, you have someone standing in the truck with the camera, right? It's, it's shooting the length of the camera and either way that it's shooting is always either into the truck or back out because you, you can have the space to do that.
2: Right. Well, you're not going to maneuver an IMAX camera around inside of the exactly.
1: truck. Yeah. And even a, a regular camera. If, if one of the cameras turned square on to film Bruce from the side, either the lens is going to be smashed up in his face because there isn't room in the truck or he'd have to move closer to the other side. So keep that in mind when you witness how the massive shot begins that does this weird... I think it starts with kind of a turn move, right? Like you're saying the crane because it is eventually going to turn into a crane shot, which means it starts as one. But how do you get
2: a crane inside a truck well, well, right, because you're looking down the length of the truck, and so you're going to see any crane or, or anything. And the reason it can't just be a dolly is because it's a single shot, and you got to lift it off of the truck. Like I said, no, you can't carry one of these cameras. Zach has always said that part of the reason he, he's such a uh, a gym rat is because he always wanted to be able to carry an IMAX camera. And there's a famous picture of him actually holding onto one. But, I mean, you can imagine how shaky – like, imagine an IMAX shaky cam shot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that would be cool but I mean that's that's so impossible so what happens is this, is this is insane the number of different things that Larry Fong accomplished in this shot all coming together at the same time um, if you want to hear the whole story from his mouth I think he's told it a couple times but check out the um, comic book debate podcast with the Faroukis when he guessed it on that he he gave a great story about about how this came to be but what he explains is that they actually cut out the side of the uh, uh, like a slot on the side of the truck so that they could fit a crane arm inside to support the IMAX camera. And so that guides it down and out of the truck smoothly. So, you know, easy enough. Right. And so then you have this tracking shot, but that's not all. You're also going from inside the truck where there's very low and unnatural lighting. Like are like two key components to the, the way it's focused and the way the exposure is set. And then you're going outside to where in direct bright? I mean, it's, it's sunlight. It's like as bright as you're gonna get. Harsh, yeah. And so he had to do a like a on the fly exposure adjustment and like a rack focus also, like to keep everything smooth um, and keep everything in in frame. Literally, so there's a not like blowing out the exposure um, and just everything being white, and b keeping everything in focus on a refrigerator on a crane arm coming. <laughs> Out of a, out of a truck, and then it does this pan around, which, um, you know, at that point it's you know a little bit more basic because you're just on a crane arm moving it. But then you get this wide shot of as it comes around, then all of a sudden you've just got like all of all of hell breaks loose from the sky. You know, as as Lex's painting said, hell comes from the sky. Just the camera work is a is a technical feat that I think probably 99% of moviegoers aren't going to think twice about, but it creates one of the most iconic Batman moments of all time, and it's it's all because, you know, Larry Fong, literally a magician, <laughs> was able to just construct this insane sequence of events to make this possible with an IMAX camera. You know, they could have just done this with with the, a normal camera, and it would have been no problem at all, yeah. but they had to do it with an IMAX camera, and it just is is super impressive. It's like driving a semi-truck through the eye of a needle, in one take, <laughs> first try.
1: That's uh, kind of the thing you would expect would
2: take weeks, at least, to plan out. Right, but no, they they did this like unplanned, or not unplanned, but with minimal planning. After you know, they, they, it was not blocked or or planned when they started shooting, or when they did any of the stunt viz or or practice. Once again, as uh, Rich will go into more detail on, yeah. but yeah.
1: It's a, it's an incredible minute, and we'll we'll, I guess, come back to talk about the end of the minute, the the CG stuff, the uh, like you said, skies opening up into hell. But obviously, people want to hear about this minute,
2: this hellish minute, in in more ways than than people <laughs> yeah. know. It's a it's a hell for Batman, and it was a hell for for stunt Batman. Yeah.
1: We'll see you on the other side. For now, enjoy, Mister Richard Citrone. I remember this being the first time that I thought, boy, Batman looks like a shark. You know, when, when he's moving, like he is, he's almost he's waiting predator. to to just become like, like you've trained a gorilla in martial arts <laughs> and are now going to unleash him on this, on this group. Was there, was there a fighting style? Obviously, Stephen and I, our, our knowledge of martial arts has, has gotten rusty <laughs> over the years. But someone who, who would be more familiar with martial arts, uh, was there something there that you wanted to bring in that, that you hadn't seen in Batman? I know that the average moviegoer would say they know how Batman fights. But even for a comic book person, it would be tricky to to narrow down what his style is or, or what his kind of operating, you know, thinking is when entering a fight against one person or right. a hundred.
0: Well, Batman in the comics, as you guys know, like he's trained in in many styles of martial arts and uh and carl and i have been training partners for geez many years um since the late 80s um in martial arts you know so we were fortunate enough to have an instructor that that um loves uh loves to learn and train in a vast array of different martial arts so we got that passed on to us so we we've you know we're proficient in in a number of different martial arts so we tried to bring that knowledge along with some other members of the team who have knowledge in some arts that maybe we're not as proficient in and throw some of that stuff in there too so we tried to just really from our our knowledge and the the knowledge of our team just come up with with um, a vast array to make uh, to make Batman look like he should like he he is very um, very proficient in a number of different styles. Mm-hmm. And we tried to show that uh, in with the, with the choreography. We've kind of spoken before about how
1: some directors either don't, don't particularly care ab- about, you know, the intricacies of, of an action scene. Like they leave that to people who are more well-trained in that, or some directors who really, and for some audiences action happens, you know, and, and it isn't, doesn't need to be profound. Whereas In Zack's films, every fight scene tells a story. Um, The storytelling doesn't stop when the character starts uh, entering into a fight or a battle. So I guess we've kind of spoken broadly about the approach to the character. This sequence in particular, the nightmare, you could probably say the nightmare shot, and everyone would know, you know, what you mean. Um, On one hand, this is like we're saying, getting to see Batman, you know, as kind of, the unstoppable force that that comic book fans have kind of been waiting to see. But on the other hand, it isn't, it doesn't strike me as a typical Batman fight,
0: right? Yeah. It's not, well, it's not a typical Batman scene. I mean, you have, you know, Batman walking around with carrying guns. I know he's got a primary, he's carrying on a sling. He's got a secondary on his hip. You know, you, you just, you, you never see that. So I think it's just, um, It's like I know to the audience, it was probably pretty shocking when people saw that. Saw that first time. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, the interesting thing about that scene was that was that was added like at the last uh, not the last minute, but after shooting had already started, that scene was added. So that was because with the fight scenes that we did, we we were rehearsing months. I mean, I I can't tell you how many hours I put into rehearsing the uh, Martha Rescue, the warehouse scene and then the batman superman scene like we put so much time in, but that one that just kind of one of those things that was a decision made you know and then we just started just started working on it. so it um is that harder
2: or is it easier or harder for well i guess maybe as a performer it would be different than whoever's behind the camera but to do it in in as a one take versus a versus stitching it together from from multiple angles
0: it's way, way, way harder. And the and the thing about it is that it, it I, it, I uh, it's funny because when Stephen asked me about doing this and was like, oh, we're gonna go over to the nightmare scene. It's like, uh like I, uh, you know, I'm happy to come on and do the show and you know, but it, that's that one scene that I still cringe when I watch it because um, it was really tough for me. That was that was the toughest day. I've been in stunts for 27 years. That was the toughest day of my career. Because we shot most of that in one day. Wow. And that's crazy, right? Because you, you look at the warehouse scene oh. we did, I think it was a week, week and a half, seven to ten days, something like that Whoa. was the warehouse scene.
2: It's especially crazy because like, I've, I've heard um, Larry Fong talk about it on um, in other interviews because he did some crazy stuff. They had a an IMAX <laughs> camera track. the size of a mini fridge. In a cutout side of the truck coming out to get to capture you in the, in right. the yeah uh, that's it's insane to me that that was pulled together at the at the last minute I know you you said you cringe but I I don't think you know I never cringed when I watched it
0: there's there's a there's yeah. a lot to that I, if, yeah. and I'm talking I'm not talking about the final product as far as everybody who's involved who 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 worked together on that. I'm talking about me personally. (laughs) Oh, you remember the, (laughs) well, it was really, it it was, it was just some bad luck. I had, um, I had a family emergency the night before and, um, I got, I maybe I got an hour sleep, maybe, you know, it involved my son. So I was very concerned. And so I think maybe I snuck in an hour and I, and I, I, I can remember, I can remember like it was yesterday climbing up into that truck and and rehearsing for the first time and and jumping out of the truck and doing everything I can to not fall flat on my face. And then going through that fight, because we split the fight in half, you know, was a pretty long fight. And just getting through that first half, I was wiped out. I had zero in the tank. I was so, so exhausted. And I'm climbing back in a truck and I'm thinking, oh my God, like, how am I going to get through this day? I I, I don't know how I'm going to make it, you know, and i first somehow I got through the day. My Damon's feeding me Cokes and I, I never drink soda like that. Like it's, you know, it's just not good for you. It's too much sugar. But he's I hadn't had a Coke in ages and he's feeding me Cokes in between takes and I'm doing everything I can. At lunchtime, I didn't even eat. I just slept for an hour. You know, right away, I zonked right out. And that helped a little bit for, for the second half of the day. But. I, I just watch how how lethargic I'm moving and how I can see it because, you know, I can see it and, and I remember it. And like <laughs> um there's a part right at the beginning after I jump out of the truck where I, I hit a few guys and I charge one stuntman and I I knock him off his feet. And real good. this That whole team was amazing. Stunt people, by the way, they they were just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the stuntman, Sam Locke, great stuntman. Right. And he goes, um, he goes, Rich, Rich, man, laid into me, man. Hit me, hit me good. You know, he's a tough guy and he's like, yeah, he wants to hit the ground hard. He wants to make it look good. I'm like, Sam, <laughs> it's everything I can do to just run to you, but I will try. I will try to hit you. <laughs> so that's why when I watch that and I see how I, I can see it in my movement, I'm just, it's just so slow and so, you know, so that's the day that I really needed the edits you know, the warehouse, scene. You know, I was fresh and I was moving like I it was, you know, I, it was not a problem at all. But that scene is where I really could have used the edits, you know, and we didn't have them. They were just long shots, you know, and I, I really just I wish timing would have been a little better. And I'd, I'd have been fresh for that, you know, had a good eight hours sleep and been ready for it because it would have turned out way better as far as my performance. Everybody else did great. Everybody else did an awesome job. I that's that's so
1: funny. I was going to ask if it was a, a physical or a mental thing that that would cause that but I guess with the mental side typically you would you would have enough time that it would become just like muscle memory.
0: Yeah, we've we we had a talented team and we've all been doing this for a while and yeah, for sure. That's the that's the um that's when you. That's like money in the bank when you hire a, a team that has a lot of experience and good athletes yeah. and good fighters. You know that's where it really pays off. You know and for, you know for me personally, you know I had the I had the bat suit on which weighs about forty pounds, and it's wow. a big suit. So I've, I've described it before, before as having like flex bands attached to your joints. Every any time you move, you're fighting the suit, right? And then over that, I had these um, military pants, and I had a big you know long jacket heavy leather long jacket over top of it and then scarves wrapped around everywhere so and it was about it was 90 some degrees that day everybody was feeling it i mean everybody was because you know the the um oh that like the guards right in the full the the superman apostles or whatever they yeah they they were they, they were completely covered head to toe so it was a rough rough day for everyone involved um somehow we we got it done though That's funny. I would never, I think
1: the average person will just be watching that scene and has watched that scene with their jaw dropped, seeing it the way you see. I totally understand that. But I do feel like maybe that adds something to that scene. Every time I watch it, it is 56 seconds for for our listeners who are wondering. From a start to finish of that one shot, it has an attitude to start with of, here we go because this is an impossible fight. You know, it, it starts off small with I think literally one one person that, that Batman is is fighting, and then we know he's not going to win, right? You know, like I, I think that that reads because you're saying that with the Martha rescue, we know he's going to win. Right. You know, it There's it almost no stopping
2: it, Batman when
1: he comes through, yeah, <laughs> like. and that. I don't know if, if that would have been the same, you know, based on the kind of choreography and, and the, the amount of people that are involved in that scene. I did want to ask, who is your stunt colleague whose arm you grab on the ground about halfway through the sequence? We see her earlier arriving uh, in the fight as as one of Batman's soldiers. But it's a moment that, that really stands out in this scene to me.
0: That's uh, Alicia Vera Bailey. Is her name, and she's um, uh, a very, very talented uh, stunt performer. Um, she's one of those girls that um, she's so sought after. She's constantly working. She's really, really very talented, very good. Uh, she did some work, I believe she did some work with Wonder Woman as well. And I think, in the, if I remember right, I think she doubled Wonder Woman in, in this film. It was one of the doubles, if I remember. But um, yeah, she's. Um, Really awesome stunt performer yeah that that stands out to me
1: in it's not something I would expect to see in a batman fight scene and and it definitely comes at the point where even if Batman doesn't know that he's going to lose the audience. Is realizing it just the overwhelming force and the decision to put in him reaching out to help one of his soldiers that's a we we talk about that all the time in this podcast are the moments that just burn themselves in your memory even if you miss them the the first time around is there is there a part of this minute that you can allow yourself to be pleased with
0: (laughs) um wow that's a good question um (laughs) <laughs> i can't i don't know <laughs> i mean i do that's a great moment that you brought up because that moment conveyed how i was trying to play the scene like i i wanted i wanted to show that i you know that batman he you know he deeply cares about his people like he every life yeah. is important to him and that's why you know ben's in the truck and he freaks out when he starts hearing the shots come out and his his guy's dying and it's like he has to do something about it. And like you said, everybody knows he's not going to be able to make it. He's one guy, but he's going to die trying, you know. So I I tried to keep that in mind as I was doing the whole fight. And I think that that part that you pointed out conveys that a lot because, yeah, she's down. But, you know, he's going to try to pull her out of there and and get Mm -hmm. get her to safety. So that is actually a really good moment. Well, and and
2: thanks to you, I now know that this is unintentional, (laughs) but um, you you were talking about your sort of fatigue and just general, um, like how exhausted you were um, while recording this. And I was, I'm trying to think about if I if that registers with me as I'm thinking back at the scene and I'm realizing that I think that it's not that I, that I didn't notice the physicality that you're talking about, but I think my brain always just interpreted it as like, this is Batman like in in the in the main timeline of the story he's already kind of at the end of his rope right he's he's been 20 years in gotham how many good guys are left how many stayed that way he's exhausted he's been he's discouraged um he's he's bitter but he's also physically he's scarred and he's tired and so but then this is 5 years later and something bad happened in the in, the, in between that that hasn't been explained yet at least in in um well it hasn't been explained yet at all i guess hopefully we'll find out about that in uh six a few months here um and and maybe we'll have you back on justice league by the minute when we get to talk about about that <laughs> anyways that's my long winded way of getting around to it always hit my brain as j- just this is batman like on his on his last leg like this is literally the end of his life you know he dies just a few, a few minutes later when when superman kills him there and so i think that the maybe a positive side effect of of your uh, physical condition that day is just kind of it translated to screen as as desperate at the end of his rope batman and i think it's uh, a great effect.
0: So you what you're saying is i could have come on the show and said that was the actor's choice and looked like a oh, yeah. If you had told me like i needed
2: him to look tired and i needed it him was so to hard look to like,
1: check my shots yeah. Yeah, it
2: was um I, I i wanted to make sure he wasn't as fast as he was in the warehouse scene because <laughs> this is 5 years later and he's been through more battles and it, and it had to be a difference between this and the warehouse scene. I would have said brilliant. I I saw that too. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll
0: have to remember that for the next time i'm asking <laughs> yeah
2: and maybe I, next time I, you watch the scene you can see that too instead of being disappointed
0: yeah oh well, was i so smart that that i mean that helps because i i have heard that from from one or two people before so you know i think there's definitely something to what you're saying so you know it helps a little bit but i'm i'm always my worst critic i i anything that i've done that You know, ever in film, I'll always pick apart. I can always find things in it that I wish I would have done better. You know, so that's just that's just me. Well, the day you stop is the day, right? I mean, you stop getting better. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a um, it's a door-edged sword, though, because you have to be able to celebrate your victories as well. And you have to be you have to be good at that. So as as much as you may, you know, it's important to self-analyze and improve your weaknesses and see what they are. But it's it's just as important to to celebrate those wins. You don't want to have one overpowering the other.
1: I I did have to ask you as a as a self-professed Batman fan if was was there ever a moment where Richard, not the performer bringing Batman to life, saw that Batman is going to kill several people in this minute. I'll just say several and keep it general, including the the one kill which kind of made headlines before the movie came out. Or I think when the movie was still in theaters, when they showed the end of the sequence with Batman, again, another moment that stands out to me that that fits perfectly is I am losing this fight and I have basically lost this fight, but I am snapping this guy's neck in front of me to take out as many people as I go down.
2: Right.
1: Was there ever a moment where you were like, I guess we're just a Batman who – is at the end of his story and has no choice, but this is war now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, first, as far as the nightmare scene, yes, that, that was real easy to get into because that's how, you know, I, I believe that's how the scene's supposed to play that, that it is war. Now it's a war against Mm -hmm. Superman, unfortunately, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, there's times when, you know, through the, through the experience that he's had leading up to that point, that I think he had a change in the way he's his outlook on fighting crime is it's 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 like you said it's a war it's no longer he's fighting crime he's fighting a war you know and then as far as the Batman outside of the nightmare sequence you know I, I think he's just the way I look at it he's just gotten to a point where he's lost himself you know a little bit he's lost who he, who he is and he's lost his ideals um, he's lost his values a little bit. And he's starting to go over that edge a little bit. Um, so that's that's why, why I attribute that he's got, he's gone too far a little, you know, and he's he has killed, you know, a few people, like you said. And um, I think he needed someone like Superman to come along. And once he realized that this guy is, is not what he thought he was, I think he needed something like that to snap him back snap him back to the person that, that he was and the person that he set out to be when he decided to fight crime in the first place.
1: I think you've said before that The Dark Knight Returns is your favorite Batman story? Yes. Yeah, I love that story. Yeah, which which is famous for being a controversial, unexpected, bold vision of who... Who Batman could become, you know, what the Batman story could become in a nightmare scenario, you know, not things working out well. You now, in this minute we're talking about it in the nightmare uh, section of Batman v Superman, it is just as enigmatic a sequence in, in a new medium that people are you know, this many years after the fact, still attracted to the Nightmare Batman costume has since been adapted into the actual Batman comics. I guess, is that one, one thing that that you can allow because it isn't about your performance in particular, you can kind of take just pure, you know, fan uh, enjoyment out of being a part of?
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely can. Because I I am a fan, you know, I'm y i I think you guys called yourself nerds. Well you can include me in on that. You know, I'm 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 absolutely that and, and more for sure. I, I um I love comic book the genre and the superheroes, both D C and Marvel. I, I you know, I, I love them both since I was a little kid. And um so I can, you know, I can definitely access that that non-performer side of me and that that strict fan side of me and and really appreciate you know appreciate that and appreciate what we did you know throughout the whole movie i mean it was that was you know that was my dream come true i i wanted to play batman since i first sat in a theater and watched michael keaton you know, watched his action and watched what was going on. I've, I've wanted to do it since then, and I, it's been a dream of mine. So that's the fan in me, you know. Because a lot of a lot of stunt performers, you know, great stunt performers, they'll get a job like that, and it's just another job. You know, they'll do it, well, but it's just another job. But you know, for me and for other people I know too, it's not just me. There's other, there's 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 more of us in stunts than just You know, um, it's it's I mean, it's huge. It's it that. For me, that one job made my career. I could retire tomorrow and be happy. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting up there. So, again,
1: <laughs> you remind me we've passed the minute, unfortunately, but your performance as Fight Club Spectator,
0: <laughs> we, we made
1: sure to call out when we went through that minute.
0: Oh, did you really?
1: <laughs> yeah. Was that um, – where does that rank? Uh,
0: as far as that, how it ranks in that movie? or Yeah, or... like less
1: physically exhausting than the Batsuit?
0: Yeah, that stuff is <laughs> – that was a little easier, I think, <laughs> than being in the Batsuit. <laughs> it was a nice change of pace, though. You know, it was kind of fun to do it. Um, yeah. Were most of the extras or spectators in that
2: scene just other stunts? Stunt people? where you were all just kind of getting together, doing doing your own fight club or something?
0: <laughs> a lot of them, yeah. A lot of them were, um, not not um, not all of them. There was there was a, um, a bunch of background performers there as well, but yeah, there was there's a, there's a few of us throughout the throughout the uh, crowd that you. I think that's
2: the. Um, I, I have very few complaints. This isn't even really a complaint so much as like a, a half joke. But um, very few complaints about this movie. And um, one of them is that uh, I wish that was Matches Malone. Um, I wish Affleck <laughs> was playing Matches Malone in that scene instead, with of, the mustache. Uh, instead of Bruce Wayne. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that would have been cool. Huh? <laughs> mustache. We're still waiting must.
2: for Matches Malone in a, in a live action movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um,
1: again, uh, yeah, credit to everybody else involved. And thank yeah. you so much for, for talking about it
0: with yeah, us. Yeah, thank you. Oh, absolutely. No problem, guys. Uh, really, anytime. Um I, I always like talking to fellow Batman fans and the, the whole genre. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I like DC, I like Marvel, but Batman's always been my, uh, you know, ever since I was five years old, it's been, that's been my character. It's been my favorite, uh, favorite one. So, you know, you guys ever want to talk about that? It's, it's always fun.
1: Well, in about, what, a year, we'll be at the Martha Rescue?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In, in preparation for this one, i I told um <laughs> I told Andrew that it's funny that everyone, because of how amazing the Martha rescue warehouse scene is, and heralded as like the best on screen Batman fight, people I think kind of overlook the fact that the second best on screen Batman fight is um <laughs> is in the, in same, the movie. same movie, <laughs> and it's, it's <laughs> and it's this minute here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, I, I really appreciate that, guys, and that's quite you know that's quite. Dedication. I mean, when you said it like that, it's going to be a year before you get to that point. Wow, you guys, that's to go through a, a minute of the movie each segment is really that's that's a lot of love for what you do and, and, and very dedicated. That's pretty cool.
1: We'll send more people your way to, to tell you how brilliant your portrayal <laughs> was of the the fatigue.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate I appreciate that. I feel a little bit (laughs) about it now. (laughs) Okay, great. Well, uh, mission
1: accomplished then. What a great, what a great interview Richard gave, despite those two kind of just simpering hosts. Hey,
2: (laughs) yeah, it's, um, it's, as I as I said leading into the interview, it's crazy how much went into this scene from a like a filmmaking perspective. I talked a lot about Larry, and then we saw just how much Richard had to go through yeah. making this. That entire Sun team, right? Yeah, exactly. And he's and he's so hard on himself over it, but that's literally something I never noticed until until he pointed it out. That I think that it really does fit with the just like tired, worn down Batman. But yeah, so extending from that though, you go from from this like very practical based cutting out the side of the truck for for this IMAX camera, and it pans around following this single take from uh, the exhausted and, like, heat-stroked <laughs> drinking, drinking Cokes for the first time <laughs> in years, Richard Citrone beating up Superman Nazis, and the camera comes around, and as it pans around, all of a sudden you start to see just, like, the sky is opening up and these parademons are coming down. And, These weird, um, like insect-like demons are carrying
1: away Batman's soldiers. I yeah, think. Well, I th- think the the moment that it's always for me is I'm I'm following Batman, you know, in this fight sequence, and then I think the minute technically ends, he is like just beginning to snap the neck of the one Superman guard, you know, unfortunate enough to be in front of him when he's knocked down to his knees, and that's usually the time where I finally like pull back and look behind him. But, yeah. but watching this minute, paying attention to what's going on, like in the background, it is insanity. Like it is.
2: Uh, oh yeah. Well, I think you talked about uh, was it the first minute of the nightmare about the comic, like the double spread. Oh yeah. Um, and and here's another one of those moments right on top of that one, where you've just got like fire pits and helicopters and parademons and yep. explosions and gunshots and like. It's just, it's absolute insanity. And then you've got multiple different types of parody demons too. Like yeah. there's these like really locusty, locusty looking ones or like more um like praying mantis looking yeah. ones that are creeping around and, and jumping and, and flying off with dudes. And then Geonosians. there's oceans Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then there's one like, or there's a few, I think they're just these giant brutes that I think yeah, are more
1: comic accurate.
2: Yeah. And they're wearing like. I think they're wearing human armor, and yeah. um, and they definitely have human like assault rifles that they're that they're carrying around, which just gives them a whole much more like twisted mercenary kind of look. Like the like the the bug like ones are just kind of seem like drones, whereas these guys feel like guns for hire, almost right because they made a decision about their you know they're like they're wearing armor and and, and wielding weapons, and uh, and also they look like like if you're it reminds me of almost like Halo like what are they are they literally called Brutes or what are the uh
1: are you picturing the Elites the Elites yeah
2: where like I imagine if this is a video game and you go into a room and there's one of those dudes you're just like oh serious I don't have time for this <laughs> like
1: basically like the sky is on fire and um batman's forces are routed picked through by geonosians and elite (laughs) or as they're known in their native tongue Sangali. um
2: i'm a huge nerd well and it's like you know almost from the start i think it's kind of obvious that he's going to lose he comes out and he's already exhausted and he's you know this is not the first fight he's had in the past five years yeah and there's just so many of them and especially as the camera continues to pan the way that it reveals more and more of what of what's coming and this guy, it's just a cloud of of yeah. these things and you're like, he's not going to make it, but it's Batman so you're kind of, you're like, you're waiting for something to happen, right? You're waiting for him to like, pull something out of his utility belt or, or for someone to, sh- you know, for the rest of the Justice League to show up or, right, something is going to happen, it's Batman, he's going to make it nope. I guess we'll find out that in the next minute, but
1: yeah, uh, he could still, you know, maybe maybe this throat, this neck snapping is, is what starts to turn it all around yeah. for him. <laughs> I, again, we'll go on record as saying, you know, how, how appreciative we are that, that uh, Richard Citrone wanted to speak with us about his part of the movie, and hopefully we'll be able to get him back to talk about his other, you know, one or two other scenes that people talk about. Yeah, where where he's handling a bulk of the action mm-hmm. for the time being. Now is a good time. We should get back into the habit because I imagine some people will be listening to this episode to to hear what Richard has to say behind the scenes. And uh, boy, if you like that episode, you uh, would sure love to follow us on Twitter at BVS by the minute. Um, Find us in, in iTunes and uh, whatever podcast app you're using to listen to this or all your other podcasts. And again, I, I I love that. It's my favorite two star review I've ever gotten in my entire life. And, but all of the five stars are also incredible. So if you like what we're doing or if you enjoyed the um, interview, please leave a five star review that, that goes a long way and we love reading them. Yeah. We should also say if you haven't already, uh, you can head back a little bit, listen to the first episode of Justice League by the Minute, which we have on our feed here, and also able to be subscribed to in iTunes or your podcast
2: server of choice. And you can follow that at JL by the Minute on Twitter as well. Strap in, because we got a whole lot more coming. Hopefully, more work for Richard, uh,
1: as we heard him talk about in the interview. His his work is Steppenwolf, the arrival of Zack Snyder's Justice League, hopefully means. We'll see more of that in a good way. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like it's hilarious that we're going to go from talking about this minute. People can't stop talking about this minute into oh, the next minute is the one where evil Superman shows up and uh, roasts well, Batman's friends.
2: Yeah. No, that's the crazy thing about this. Like, I almost feel like the boy who cried wolf because every minute we're like, man, we've been waiting for this minute for a long time. And then we get to the end and we're like, man, but this is next minute coming up. <laughs> There's nothing but wolves. Yeah. Hungry, savoring the meal to
1: come. Minute, do you want to say it or should I? You say it. We'll see you in minute 69. Night. Hopefully you'll you'll be able to, uh, in eight or ten months' time, <laughs> can maybe heap praise on the Martha rescue and, and sit there Wondering why the things that we most remember are those knives being drawn by the other fighters, perfectly, like <laughs> like a symphony. Was it? That, that is, a, oh, I wait for that every single time. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that 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 scene brings back really great memories because a lot. Of, I mean, a lot of that team are really good friends of mine, and, we, and most of those guys we've worked together in a lot of different projects. So that yeah, that that four on one fight brings back a lot of good memories. Really. A lot of fun. We'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let me know guys. I'd be happy to come back on again.